Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today. And my name is Harry Lee, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today too. Hey, Hunter. Could you give us a brief introduction on how you got into data science education and what you're currently working on? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so historically, I've loved tutoring since way back when I was a high school student and uh, undergraduate student. And um, as soon as I kind of realized in undergrad that I wanted to learn more about statistics and computing and stuff like that and went to grad school, uh, the tutoring and teaching kind of didn't didn't stop. And so I always enjoyed that thoroughly. and was fortunate enough after uh, my PhD program to get a position uh, at Cal Poly where I'm at uh, and kind of continue my emphasis on education in particular, um, undergraduate education related to my passions, which are statistics and computing with data. So um, these are just areas I've always been interested in and uh, have just always relished the, the challenge of, of teaching young people about them. So um, as far as, I guess, yeah, what I'm currently working on in this area uh, yeah, it's mostly data science education, um, and in particular data science for all. So, uh, what is, what does that content look like for people with all different kinds of, you know, mathematical backgrounds, computing backgrounds, things like that. Um, and what classes do you teach? And within those, do you have a comment on how, is there something different between teaching a stats class and a data science class? Yeah, that's a great question. So as far as the courses I teach, I kind of started my time at Cal Poly teaching a variety of our introductory statistics courses. We have kind of five or six different flavors actually of introductory statistics courses for different kind of sets of majors, life sciences, social sciences, business, that kind of stuff. Um, but quickly kind of moved into teaching more computed or computing oriented classes. So we have a dedicated course in SAS, a dedicated, a couple dedicated courses in R, um, and now more courses in uh, Python as well. And so I've been teaching kind of all of those. Um, depending on who you ask, a lot of our stat prefix courses are data science courses um, uh, because of the level of kind of computing and technology used in a lot of our statistics courses. Um, our data prefix courses are maybe just even more so. Uh, and so I think that tends to be the biggest distinguishing factor is the amount of uh, maybe programming, computing, uh, computational thinking and stuff that goes into the data related content. Um, but yeah, again, I think it varies a lot by who you ask about, about these things, so. Uh, great. And, um, you know, we've heard from you in our other meetings about some challenges at Cal Poly about sort of getting data science to be cross-disciplinary, how to work across departments and colleges. Uh, could you comment on sort of those challenges, how you face them at Cal Poly? Yeah, thanks. Um, so you're right that there 
uh, isn't quite the machinery that we want there to be to kind of implement and deliver the types of cross-disciplinary content that we want, in particular data science right now. Um, that doesn't mean that these types of things don't exist in some form right now. There are uh, interdisciplinary majors and other programs on campus actually outside of like data science and stats and computer science and things like that. Um, and the route we've ended up taking over the last seven years now or something like that with our cross-disciplinary studies minor is really just a, a very healthy, positive kind of relationship and marriage between computer science, statistics, uh, and a little bit of mathematics. So the program that we've developed and, and deliver is um, a combination of those, of, of courses from those three departments, um, plus, you know, two or three more newly developed courses with our data prefix, which are technically housed in our statistics department, like we, we technically own them, but um, the, the content is shared, the development is shared uh, with faculty from across those, those kind of three departments, um, mostly computer science and statistics. But that's been our solution so far is just to, you know, gentlemen's agreements or whatever you would like to call them, um, and just really nice relationships and uh, cross committees, cross department committees and things like that of people um, contributing to these, these courses and stuff. Are there any challenges you've faced while trying to build out data science education? The biggest challenge so far with the program that I just described is the scheduling. Um, we, uh, my, my chair and scheduler have the hardest time because uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to properly incorporate faculty from multiple departments uh, into this program because they add so much value. This variety of faculty with different backgrounds and things like that adds so much value to um, our students' knowledge and, and their experience and things like that. But uh, my chair is only kind of immediately in charge of and aware of like our department's needs as far as coursework goes, like the whole curriculum that we offer. Um, but he's not super aware or informed uh, or even in, in any control of the schedules of like the five or six data science related computer science faculty, right? In computer science. And so uh, it, there end up being like kind of multiple conversations at different levels of administration, you know, like the faculty level, the, the chair levels and things like that um, for um, scheduling folks to teach these classes. Um, and as demand across campus for data science education grows, uh, is our department mostly responsible for teaching these courses when lots of faculty across campus have, you know, enough kind of expertise and knowledge and, and stuff to, to teach introductory, you know, data science, maybe even with their own, their own discipline as a flavor, right? Um, giving faculty in other departments the ability to teach a course that's housed in our department is just kind of a messy and complex thing right now. Um, and so to me, those are, that's one of the biggest challenges. Uh, that actually feels like a challenge, like developing curriculum and working on content across like departments and with other faculty is a fun challenge. So, you know, that doesn't really ever feel hard or like bad. Um, there's no shortage of like meetings that people want to set up and discussions that people want to have if we had infinite time, you know, but um, yeah, the implementation can be sticky. Um, well, I guess in that vein, um... You know, what I hear you saying a little bit is like it sort of depends on people leaning in with their time at key moments, right? Or or leaning their department in to offer a class. I guess, you know, if you were to gr see a horizon growing over the next few years, you know, 
how do you grow a data science community or how do you grow this cross-disciplinary collaboration? Like what's something, you know, what do you see as like how this could grow at, at, at Cal Poly over, over the next few years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, especially in light of, you know, efforts at other schools and universities in, in creating college, new colleges, right? New schools and things like that. Um, you know, we, we always wonder if that's a, a direction worth kind of like seriously pursuing, um, you know, like a school of computing or, or yeah, something like that, which, um, and it's funny to think about that as a little bit of a tangent because uh, years and years ago, before I think any of the current faculty in our department were here uh, at Cal Poly, um, statistics and, and computer science were in the same, were in the same college. Um, but now statistics is in the College of Science and Math and computer science is, is in engineering and it's been that way for, for quite a long time. But it's kind of funny that there used to be a lot, we used to have a lot more proximity um, to each other. And now, you know, with talk of data science and things like that, you know, um, we've kind of come back, back around. Uh, so that's certainly one route. I don't know that that's optimal. I think that probably depends on school and university and, and stuff like that. Um, those conversations are happening here at Cal Poly though. I think in general, those are the discussions to have because unless somehow there's really good machinery in place for uh, hosting and teaching courses with faculty from other departments and units and things like that on campus, um, that's kind of what you need is a department and a unit or whatever it is to house the data science curriculum, you, you know, curriculum you want to deliver and to have kind of a dedicated faculty pool to draw on for, for those courses and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, however it works best for your, for your institution, I think it's one of those two things it feels like. Yeah, definitely. So, so speaking a bit more on, on community, we, we saw that you're a big proponent of data science education blogging. So we, we're also dedicated to continuing this conversation on the importance of the field, but we want to ask you specifically, uh, what is a place where you learn about data science or that you get inspiration from to write these blogs and to teach? Uh, I guess, for example, have you been to any conferences or events where you learned about the field? Stuff like that. Yeah, 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 definitely. This is, and this is a great question I, I get a lot. Like, how do you learn more um, all, and just keep learning? Uh, conferences are great. So, um, as a classically trained, I guess, stats person, uh, I go to joint statistical meetings, JSM a lot. Um, but I've started to go, well, I've, I've also tried to been going to, um, our, uh, more computing oriented conferences. So because I've taught classes in SAS and R, I've been to conferences for SAS and, and R, um, it's fun to talk to those folks that are much more kind of software oriented. There's a lot more industry folks at those kinds of conferences and things like that. Um, but conferences are great for, uh, what I've heard lovingly called the hallway track, right? Like you don't go for a particular talk necessarily, although there, there can be very good talks, uh, but you go to, to network, right. To meet people and to like have some fun and have some good conversations and just expand your, your community. Right. Um, and once you've either done that or learned about other people that you want to kind of follow more, um, then at home it's, uh, you know, email lists that I'm on. So for JSM, it's the section on data science, statistics and data science education. And there's a listserv and people send out updates and stuff like that. So I'm kind of keeping track of that. Um, 
and then Twitter is, is huge. And that may feel like a weird separate generational medium, uh, possibly, but, uh, I may be also fortunate because I have a colleague here at Cal Poly, Kelly Bottom, who's extremely involved and, um, engaged in, in the Twitter community with respect to R and other data science type things. And so she's kind of an extra excuse for me to, to stay involved and reason to be connected and stuff like that. So, um, but there are tons of, there's just tons of content and people kind of alive on, on Twitter with, um, a lot of these topics and updates and, and things like that. So that's a great way to do it. Great. Thank you for that. I'm sure our community will be happy to hear those little tips and your perspective on that. Um, and, and I guess we, I should have said podcast too, right? That was oh. probably like, <laughs> no worries, no worries. We appreciate that though. <laughs> the little shout out. <laughs> uh, thank you. Well, we, we also know that you, you've been active in the R studio community. So, so I want to ask you if, um, if you could elaborate on how R studio tools, uh, may be helpful for successful data science education techniques. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, I, I kind of joke a lot that I'm, I'm pretty easily amazed. Uh, it, does, it doesn't take a lot to get me excited, um, which can be a blessing and a curse, I think. But uh, when I think back on, you know, even just grad school, the the tools have grown so much. And what you can do with RStudio now is just absurd. Like, um, yeah, the, the it is a wonderful place to live to do any amount of data science education at any level, I think. Um, the things that you can build uh, as an educator, let's say, um, for students at an introductory data science or introductory statistics level um, that are kind of interactive and more plug and play, maybe closer to what you're used to, you know, tools like Minitab or Jump or things like that being, uh, but from within R, so that maybe the transition to a more coding or programming heavy, um, you know, curriculum is, is easier. Um, and, and I know that say Kelly and other people, other folks have, have taken packages like learn R and other stuff like that to build resources that, you know, allow students to kind of like insert code and fill in blanks with code and, and really just kind of scaffold, um, that, 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 you know, learning experience about not just like statistics or data science, but how to, how to use code, our code to, to do it, um, and, and maybe make that a lot less scary, um, for students. So, uh, the fact that the interface is just full, but I think not crazy overwhelming, um, and the ability to create very simple, like less complex interfaces, you know, with again, things like learn R shiny and, and those other, um, sub tools, uh, um, just give educators kind of a huge spectrum or continuum to, to work with when it comes to, to, yeah, to using technology to teach data science. Great. Well, those were all the questions we wanted to ask you, Hunter. Um, I, I did want to give you a chance to share any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you may have for your fellow data science educators out there. Yeah, so parting thoughts or, or words of wisdom. Uh, I guess the theme of my answer here is that my, my, my personal philosophy and maybe philosophy in general about educators is that we're lifelong learners maybe as a career choice. And so um, 
you know, there's always more for us to learn so that we can help teach those kinds of things. And that's part of the challenge that I love about it. And so it can be easy to get, you know, um, absorbed into like how to teach what you're teaching better and cooler and, you know, and all these kinds of things. Um, but it's important to take time to learn and do cool new stuff yourself, I think. And that, that can, that can help inform, you know, how you teach and what you teach and all that kind of stuff in the same way that, you know, universities and, and higher education across the country or the world, um, kind of, I think generally feel that like research feeds your, your teaching, right? Like scholarship's not just important for the sake of like pushing the boundary of our knowledge, but because it makes our, our classroom experience richer for our students and all that kind of stuff, we can bring those cool research projects, uh, you know, into the, into the curriculum. Um, and so I think a lot of my parting thoughts and words of wisdom would be, um, that educators should remember to take time to, to learn and stuff too, via all the methods that we've talked about, um, Twitter, blogs, videos, online courses. Um, there's some textbooks out there that are, uh, you know, so readable, you can take them to the beach, you know? Um, and (laughs) it's funny, but I'm not, I'm not actually joking. There are some textbooks that I've actually had students confirm that about, which is really nice. Like 18 year olds say they take this book to the beach. So, um, that's a huge deal. Uh, and we just had, uh, Brian Granger, one of the co-founders of Jupiter come speak, you know, for us the other day. And he said that, you know, for fun, he's watching YouTube videos on like data sciencey topics or whatever that he just wants to learn more about. Like it's, you know, find what's fun for you. There's, there's Kaggle, there's Tidy Tuesday. There's no shortage of opportunities to kind of get involved in something new. And so, uh, be brave, start something, even if it's small, there's, there's no shortage of fun things to go through out there, um, to learn more. So nice. Thank you. I like that. That's a good ending. Find your passion. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.